Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unapologetic Podcast. I'm Lena. I'm going to be talking with Pastor Billy, and we are explaining the reason for our hope. Well, hey everybody, we're back. This is the Unapologetic Podcast. We're on episode 11. We got this one and one more, which is crazy to think about. We've flown through these things, I feel like. Yeah, it's um, been really good. Thanks for having so, me. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being here, Billy. It's been awesome. And I think today what we're going to talk about, this question is, is God good? And we kind of ended the last podcast with that a little bit and I'm gonna just go ahead and answer the question right away the answer is yes it is definitely yes the answer is yes God is good uh but I know you have a lot that you're going to share that'll kind of affirm that and help us to talk about that but there's a word that we talk about I mean we use the word good we talk about God being good we talk about the good news of God um and a lot of times when you say good news, people will also use the word gospel, True. which is a word we hear in the church all the time from the time that we're really young. And so sometimes because we hear it all the time, I think we forget almost to define it sometimes. So yeah. could you just start by defining the word gospel? Absolutely. The word gospel is essentially a news report. And people are surprised when I say that. It's like when you say the gospel according to Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, it is a news report. It is a report. Gospel means exactly what you said. It means good news. As a matter of fact, the old English was good spell. You know, Mm -hmm. like the Harry Potter, you put a spell on somebody. Dude, I love Harry Potter. Well, it's just words. (laughs) You know, and and back then, a spell wasn't necessarily an incantation or or something that that a witch would do. It was just words that were spoken. So back in the old English, it was good spell, good spell, good spell. Almost like, hey, here's a good blessing for you. That's exactly what it was. 100% what that was. So if it was good words, good spell, good news, The word good spell, just like language always does, it shortens, it simplifies. Smushes together. Smushes together, and we have gospel. I love words that do that. Spell. It's you gospel. got like like hangry, like hungry, and and you smush hey, them together and one. give it. That's a good one. I love when, when do, we do, do that. Do you wrestle with, words, with that? So, you yeah. wrestle with hanger? Uh, you know, not me so much, be, but there are some people who one are staff. close yeah, to me I'm, that yeah. I'm like, dude, it's time to go feed you, or else we're not going to be <laughs> able to keep talking. That's right. Here. Yeah. <laughs> well, the word gospel is one of those smushed together words, and the word good news in the Greek language is euangelion, which means good, the EU, okay? And then angelions, we get the word angel, but it actually means messenger, so we have good message, Okay. right? Yeah. And so that also means good news, so anytime you see that in there. And the roots of this good news is entrenched in all the pages of Scripture. I think we think the gospel is only... Jesus died for us and he rose again from dead. Listen, that is the integral part of the gospel. Yeah. But it's not all of it because the whole gospel answers the question you just asked. Is God good? Absolutely. It's all through all the pages in scripture. I'm just going to read. So I'll be reading a little bit of scripture that this podcast, but it's Romans chapter one, verses two and three says, this good news 
was promised long ago by God through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It is the good news about his son Jesus, who came as a man, born into King David's royal family line. So right there you have from the Scriptures and you have King David introduced in describing what the gospel is, basically saying that this whole book is good news. From beginning to end. From beginning to end. Yep. But there's a couple little things that I want to share about what's in the Old Testament before we get to what's in the New Testament about the good news, okay? You know what a creed is when you have a creed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be like a like a statement of belief, right? Exactly. Okay. It's a statement of belief. It's beliefs and thoughts easily handed down, so they're easily memor- memorized or something like that, because, and they're just phrases that people use all the time, but they're exactly what you said, statements of belief. Awesome. There's a bunch of those in the Old Testament. Not as easy to find, because it doesn't say, hey, this is a creed. Right. But when you realize that certain phrases and certain words were repeated over and over again in the Old Testament, you realize, wow, that was something that people used to hand down their their knowledge of God. You know right. what I mean? And and it's a basis for information. It's a basis for reflection so that we can undergo transformation. Okay. That's the purpose of a yeah, creed. I like so that. So if you can remember something and you've got this information, got it. And then you can reflect on it. Okay. It transformed you. You know what I mean? And and there's several different kind of creeds in the Old Testament. There are three, as a matter of fact. Okay. I'm going to go through three of them real briefly because I think it it's, describes exactly what you ask, and that is the goodness of God. Okay? Awesome. So the first ones are narrative creeds, and basically a narrative creed just tells a story. So it tells of God's actions in past history. Okay, so because if you understand what God has done in the past, then what you experience today is seen in light of who he is in the past. So then it it helps us develop our faith and hope for tomorrow. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, So those are narrative creeds. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 21 through 23 says this, Then you must tell them, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with amazing power. Before our eyes, the Lord did miraculous signs and wonders, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land he had solemnly promised to give our ancestors. The Exodus event is probably the most repeated event in all of Jewish history. Even today, when you go to a Jewish synagogue, probably they're going to reference the, the, the Exodus event and Moses taking the people across the Red Sea. Yeah. Well, that was an, an instance of a creed because you see those words many times in Scripture. God, well, and that's a simple narrative that you can easily say, simple. hey, here's what happened, and this is why it makes God good. Yeah, and so in your life today, you can say, hey, I'm going through a hard time and I don't know what to do because something ahead of me, does, it, it, it looks really scary and there's something behind me that looks really scary. You can say, oh, wait a minute. God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promise. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. it becomes that for it us. It draws That's you back into God's character in a simple way that you can kind of remind yourself of over and over. That's right, and that's that's what we mean by story creeds or narrative creeds. The second kind are character creeds, okay? Okay. These express God's character, his redemptive character, his his restoring character, right? Right. Who he is. And as a matter of fact, um, is Exodus, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7 says, He passed in front of Moses and said, 
I am the Lord. I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. I am slow to anger and rich in unfailing love and faithfulness. I show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Even so, I do not leave sin unpunished, but I punish the children of the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generations. Okay, so what you have here is God describing his slow to anger, rich in unfailing love, faithful, showing his unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Okay, then it goes on to say, hey, listen, man, keep that in mind because it makes a difference on how you live based on my character. So you have that whole situation there. And it's repeated in the Psalms. It's repeated how good God is. And it's his steadfast love. It's his forgiveness. It's his faithfulness. Because hope is not just found in what he does, but who he is. Okay, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. So when we go to these character creeds and we really grab hold of who he is, it gives us hope. You know? That's what we're looking for. uh, That's exactly right. You know, if you go all the way back to podcast one, we said this is all about hope. Yep. Finding hope, you know? And there's hope in the character of God, right? The relational creeds are showing that there's a real God in a real relationship with real people. Okay, I like it. Yeah, and so there are places in you could scripture. Say, you could say relational creeds then, huh, right? Because you got the, the real God, you know, that's real people. That's a good people. one, Lena. You're always good. We're going to mush our words uh, together. We're going to keep do doing it, that. Right? Relational creeds. Yeah, exactly. All right. The relational creeds. So, if, for instance, you've probably heard this in, in Leviticus 26, 12. It says, I will walk among you. I will be your God, and you will be my people. You've heard that yeah. over and over in Scripture in many places yeah. because it's a creed that people were saying all the time. And, and, and just it's God being the God of the people and the people belonging to God. That's You awesome. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when you go through these creeds and you really line all three of these up, God in what he does is really good and who he is is really good, and how he relates to us is really good. Right. You get this like triad chord. You get this rhythm of, of God's goodness, and, and they're all interrelated, man. Yeah, and, yeah. And these creeds were demonstrating how good God is, right? And, you know, you're, you're talking about this kind of tri-character of God. There's these three different ways, three different creeds, there have been three different words that we've touched on this whole time, right? And I'm kind of in my mind connecting each of those words to each of those creeds in, in that, you know, yeah. faith can go with, we have faith in right. who God, that, that's who God exactly is, right? right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what, like what God does, we have faith in that. Yes. And who God is, we have hope because of yes. that. And then we see the love of God in his relationships that is with exactly us. That's so cool. Right. You hit it. You nailed it. Because his actions show his faithfulness, right? His character shows his love to us, and his relational bent gives us hope. Or you can mix and match that. Yeah. Because every one of those, his actions give us hope. Right. Allow something to believe in. That's the faith. Show us his love. His character shows faith, hope, and love. And the relational aspect, God is relational. He wants a relationship with us. And we can find a lot of faith, hope, and love in that. For sure. That's how faith, hope, and love ties together with the goodness of God. Yeah, that's you know awesome. I mean? Yeah. But, but, you know, here's a funny thing. God takes it even a step further. He gives us these covenants. A covenant is a promise that God will keep and he will never break. Never. Right. Okay? Yeah. 
He gave us three covenants in the Old Testament. Okay. Real quickly, the Abrahamic covenant. Yep. And what that said was all people would be blessed through Abraham. Through the line of Abraham, all people will be blessed. The Davidic covenant says there will be a promised king from the line of David who will rule forever. Okay. Okay. Yep. So these are two big covenants in the scriptures, the Abrahamic covenant, mm, covenant Davidic. and the Davidic covenant. And then there's one called the new covenant, and mm-hmm. that's in the book of Jeremiah, and actually part of it's also in the book of Ezekiel. Okay. okay. But it's saying that the law is going to be written on our heart, that he is going to replace our old, stony, hardened heart for a new one, and that we will have the spirit indwell in us. These that's are all awesome. covenants in the Old Testament. And guess who fulfills all of those covenants? You know, in my experience with church things, the answer is usually Jesus. That's right. Yes. And this time, the answer is Jesus. Amazing. Again, right? You're, you're real real sharp, Lena. That's <laughs> awesome. No, seriously, um, God demonstrates his love to us that he sent his son, Jesus, that, that fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant, that fulfilled the Davidic covenant, that fulfilled the new covenant. God made good on all of his promises through the person of Jesus. And that's why we always line up the word gospel with Jesus, because he's the fulfillment of all of that, that stuff that happened in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's you know awesome. What I'm well, it's who I feel like well, a lot of times when people think New Covenant, they think New Testament, right? And there is a lot of it described, obviously, in oh, the yeah. New Testament, because Without that's where Jesus' stories are told. But the fact that it is in the Old Testament, before Jesus yes, happened. Is now, like, that's so cool. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. People don't realize that. That this is all a big sweeping story about how God is so good and fulfills his promises, had a plan all along, and it culminates and is fulfilled in the person of Jesus. And it even says this in little secret hidden ways, if you want to call it that. They're not really secret and hidden. But in 1 Corinthians 15, when it talks about the gospel, it says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. Yep. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, as the scriptures said. See, we, met, we, lose, yeah. we, we don't remember that that phrase is in there. It's saying, just like the Old Testament prophesied, all this stuff, Yeah, it's right there. Over and over again, it points us back to... You already knew this was going to happen. I told yes. you this was going to happen, my but here's goodness. where it did happen. That's right. Yeah. And my goodness is going to show you how good I am. You know, it's kind of a circular kind yeah. of reasoning, but he's going to cool. be good in his actions, like the creed says. He's going to be good in his character. He's going to be good in the relationship that he has with me and you. Right. right. You know? And then um, even when it talks about the gospel, you know, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy um, chapter 2, verse 8, it says... Never forget that Jesus Christ was a man born into King David's family and that he was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. So I always find it interesting that Paul says, you know what the good news is that I preach? That he was a man born into King David's family. Why did he have to include that? Why did Paul say, this is a man born into King David's family? Right. Well, he had to. He had to say, hey, check this out. That Davidic covenant... Right. We're going it's back connected. there. connected. He yep. went right back there and that he was raised from the dead. And so Paul puts, puts together two things, the overarching story of the Old Testament mm-hmm. that, that brings us to the New Testament and the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. And we talked about that a few podcasts ago, right? Yeah. And that's the good news that Paul preaches. And so in all of this, we see that God is 
good because God has made a way. He said he was going to make a way, and he promised to do it. He fulfilled that promise through Jesus. He did it, and he makes a way for us. Yeah, man, you said it. It's true. You know how uh, we were talking, I guess it was in the first or second podcast about 1 Peter chapter 3, verse yeah, 15. Yep. It talks about, hey, we all need to give a reason for the hope that we have. You know what mm-hmm. the, the reason for the hope that we have is God's goodness demonstrated in the person of Jesus Christ. Right. And the fact is that God's character has been good all through the scriptures, all the stories, all the creeds tell us that, the covenant tells us that, yep. and that it is unmistakable unmistakable yeah and you know each of the little stripes that couldn't be forgotten from the letters that we talked about that and why we trust the bible right each of those little pen strokes from the very beginning that weren't missed out on copying scripture every single one of those points us straight to the goodness of god and of jesus it's really cool totally right so i grew up in church and we had this thing that was sort of like a like a baby creed. I feel like it was somebody would say God is good, and almost reflexively you say all the time, and then they'd yeah. be like all the time God is good, right? And so we we do That's that. That's a cool and creed. That's I, a really cool little creed. I think man. it's maybe the shortest one. Ever, but it also is that's that's kind of all you need, you know. Yeah. You, you you build your life on the fact that God is good. That's right. And all of the rest of it will take care of itself. That's which, 100% right. That's a great point. That's awesome. All right. Well, I think as much as we could cover about God's goodness in a short amount of time, we've we've done it pretty well. You've done that pretty well, and so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, and thanks. we've got one more of these left, so we'll see you for that and. That'll be a fun little celebration. That will be. Thanks. All right. All awesome. Right. See you later. Yep.